In today's gospel, Jesus calls his first priests, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They leave their fishing business and everything else behind, and they begin a journey with our Lord that would eventually bring them and many others with them to the kingdom of heaven. So what are you doing personally? What are you doing to nurture and promote vocations to the priesthood right now in 2014? That's the question I'd like to address with you in my homily this morning. What are you doing to help men, especially young men, hear the call of Jesus Christ to follow him, as those apostles heard the call to follow our Lord some 2,000 years ago? Contrary to what many Catholics believe, we all have a responsibility in this regard. It's not just something that should be of concern to priests. And we need to take this responsibility seriously if we love our young people and want to help them discover and carry out God's will and find fulfillment in their lives. As Pope Francis said to the young men and women at World Youth Day last year, and here I quote, he said, God calls you to make definitive choices, and he has a plan for each of you. To discover that plan and to respond to your vocation is to move toward personal fulfillment. But discovering God's call in your life, be it to the priesthood or religious life or marriage or the single life, discovering that call isn't easy, especially in the hedonistic world we live in today, the materialistic society we live in, where it's very easy to get disconnected from God, very easy to get distracted by the things of this world. This is why our words and why our actions on behalf of vocations matter. Precisely because it's not easy to recognize a call to the priesthood these days, young men need to be surrounded by faithful Catholics who will support them, who will guide them in their discernment. To help you reflect on what you're currently doing or not doing to nurture and promote vocations to the priesthood, I ask you to reflect on the following questions. Question number one, are you encouraging the young men in your family to be open to a vocation? Notice I did not say, are you encouraging them to be priests? God is the one who calls. The call does not come from you or from me, so we shouldn't act like it does. What the Lord does want us to do is to encourage young men, even young men in our families, to be open to the possibility that God is calling them to the priesthood, so that, if he is, they will have their spiritual ears open and be able to recognize the call. Now, I ask this question because although most Catholics will tell you that they support vocations, some will go on to say that they would never, ever want their own sons or grandsons to be priests. 
even if God was calling them. Well, personally, my brothers and sisters, I would not want to stand before God on Judgment Day and have to explain why I undermined his call to a young person. And I hope you feel the same way about yourself. Question number two, are you praying for vocations on a regular basis? This is something every Catholic should do because Jesus has commanded us to do it. As our Lord said in Matthew chapter 9, the harvest is good, but laborers are scarce. Beg, beg the harvest master to send laborers to gather his harvests. When Father Marcel Théon, who was then the vocation director in our diocese, when Father Théon was here several years ago to speak at all of our Masses, he made a request. He asked everybody to pray one Hail Mary a day for vocations. Just one Hail Mary. I wonder how many people did that, how many people have done that all these years. We're currently involved in the Traveling Crucifix program here at St. Pius. Many of you have seen this advertised in our bulletin. You take the crucifix home for one week and you pledge to pray for vocations with the other members of your family for 10 minutes each day of that week. I know we have some available weeks on the calendar. Perhaps that's something that your family would like to take part in. If you would, just follow the instructions in that bulletin announcement. Question number three, are you living your own vocation well? Now, if you're married, you might ask, well, Father Ray, what does my vocation to marriage have to do with vocations to the priesthood? Well, when I was a student at Providence College, shall we say a few years ago, <laughs> A professor of mine made a very interesting statement one day in class. He said that if you look at the history of Western civilization since the time of Jesus Christ, what you see is this. You see that whenever marriages were strong, the priesthood was strong. And whenever the institution of marriage was in crisis, as it is today, we all know that, there was also a crisis in the priesthood. That made a lot of sense to me because both marriage and the priesthood are rooted in lifelong commitments. So you see, if a married couple lives their vocation well, if they live their vocation joyfully, their example will help to promote vocations to the priesthood indirectly since they'll be conveying to young people the message that lifelong commitments are possible, even in today's world. They're not easy, that's true. Those of you who are married certainly know that. But by the grace of God, they can be lived. And they can be lived joyfully. Question number four, do you receive the sacraments more than you have to? You only have to go to Mass on Sundays and Holy Days. You only have to go to confession if you've committed a mortal sin. But if you go to confession on a regular basis, at least a half dozen times a year, 
And if you occasionally go to Mass during the week, when you're not obligated to go, you are sending a very important message to the young men in your life. You're telling them, by your actions, that you value what priests do. You're telling them, by your actions, that the priesthood makes a positive impact on your personal life. Question number five, do you speak in a positive way about the priests you know? But Father Ray, what could we possibly say that's good about you? <laughs> well, leave me out of this for the moment. The fact of the matter is there are a lot of good priests out there doing the Lord's work very quietly and very faithfully each and every day. But sometimes, unfortunately, all you hear about them are the negatives. Question number six, are you making it clear to your children, your friends, and your relatives that faith is more important than skiing and basketball and every other sports and extracurricular activity? If you are doing that, then once again you are indirectly promoting vocations because you're conveying the message to the young men in your life who might be called to the priesthood. You're conveying the message to them that our relationship with God is the most important relationship we have in this life. Here, my brothers and sisters, we can all take a lesson from a great Jewish baseball player of the past, and a great Catholic football coach of the past. You can probably guess who he is. Some of you may remember this. Back in 1965, Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax, who was probably one of the 10 best pitchers in baseball history. Koufax refused to pitch in game one of the World Series against the Minnesota Twins. Now, why did he do that? That's an honor for any pitcher. It's an honor to be pitching in the World Series, but especially Game 1. Usually the best pitcher on the team pitches Game 1. Why did Koufax say, I'm not doing it? It's because it was the feast of Yom Kippur, one of the Jewish High Holy Days. And Koufax's Jewish faith was much more important to him than playing a baseball game was. Even game one of the World Series. Reminds me of what Vince Lombardi used to tell his football players. He used to tell them all the time that they needed to have their priorities in order. He said, gentlemen, remember that there are two things in life that should be more important to you than football. Your religion and your family. If we help young men to get their priorities in order, if we help young men to keep their priorities in order, we will help them to discern God's will for their lives, whatever that might be, priesthood, marriage, whatever. One final question, which is really the most important question of all. Are you doing your best to help your children, your relatives, and your friends Meet Jesus Christ and develop a personal relationship with him. 
You know, if somebody had approached Peter, Andrew, James, and John and had said to them 2,000 years ago, hey, you know what, guys? Jesus of Nazareth wants all of you to leave your families and your fishing business behind so that you can follow him around for the next three years. Those four men probably would have laughed at the messenger and called him crazy. Maybe a few other things as well. But you see, once those four men had met Jesus Christ personally, once they had experienced his presence for themselves, oh, then everything changed. As we heard a few moments ago in that gospel, they followed Jesus immediately, without any hesitation whatsoever. If we want our young people to do the will of God in their lives, we need to help them experience Jesus in a personal way and begin an intimate relationship with him. Now that can certainly happen at any time. It can happen at any Mass, and sometimes it does. But very often something more is needed, usually a retreat of some kind where the normal distractions of life are not present. This is why we take our young people to Steubenville East every year. This is why we take them to Youth Explosion in Uncasville every year. This is why we've taken them in the past to Youth 2000s. For most of the young men and women who attend those retreats, Jesus Christ becomes more than a historical figure in a 2,000-year-old book. Those teens begin to see Jesus for who he really is, the loving Lord who created them, the loving Lord who died for them, the loving Lord who has a plan for their lives, a good plan for their lives, here on this earth and, of course, also in eternity. And this is why, I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, this is why it really upsets me when parents come up with any and every excuse as to why their children cannot attend spiritual events like these. I think to myself, do they have any idea what they're depriving their children of? Because one way or another, regardless of what they're called to in this life, those young people are going to need Jesus Christ. So there they are, seven questions to help you reflect on what you're currently doing or not doing to nurture and promote vocations to the priesthood. My simple prayer at this Mass is that regardless of what our past has been like, we will all, all of us, be good promoters and good nurturers of priestly vocations in the future.